0: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Brand.
1: And welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School and we are here every Thursday on Series XM Channel 111. Hey, we are taking your calls right away at 844 Wharton. That's 844 942 7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in sunny Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And we've got the dream team, as always, Michelle and Dion. And Dion is Three for three on the pre break quiz. Will he keep his streak today? Stay tuned to find out. So, today we're going to talk about a difficult topic, but one that most of us have experienced because it is important. And these are those. those Bad hiring practices that any job seeker who is out there interviewing or applying to jobs or, or, you know, in any aspect of the job search are probably experiencing because we want to help you get by those. And to help us with that today, we welcome back Dr. Richard Marcus, a licensed psychologist with over 30 years' experience in outplacement, executive coaching, assessment, and succession planning. Richard has a Ph.D. in counseling psychology from UPenn and serves as an executive coach for our students right here at Wharton MBA and the Advanced Management Program. Welcome back. Great to have you. Yeah, it's always fun to have another psychologist on the show so we can kind of get into those, like, deep brain issues. Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) So... so let's. I want to dive into this, but since it's been a while since we have had you on the show, I'd, I'd love to kind of hear what's been going on in your world. And, you know, what are you seeing as trends for 2017?
2: That's a great question. Uh, we were just talking a minute ago, and I think probably the biggest trend from a, a job search perspective is that uh, as we reach – uh, not full employment but close to full employment in some uh, job sectors uh, that has implications for people um, searching for jobs so there can be some some areas where it's still hard to find a job mm-hmm. but there are lots of areas where now you can almost be picky because companies are looking uh, have to look harder and these are usually in in areas that are more technically related so if you have some some background in uh, technology or mm-hmm. IT those are those are things that you're seeing a lot
1: so if people are looking to maybe make a career switch and they're thinking, okay, I'm I'm kinda done with what I've been doing. What are some of those things I want to do? Clearly interests and and skills are a big part of it, but I think you bring up a good point, Richard, which is the market. So what is the market looking for? So so talk a little bit about those those types of roles and technology that people if they're thinking of making a switch might want to consider because the job market's getting hotter.
2: Right. Well, like I said, I'm sort of focusing on uh, on technology, but really anything related to IT, and that can be programming, it can be more on the hardware side. And and these are areas that if you're thinking of making a career switch that don't require a four-year uh, college degree that oftentimes you can go back and 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 find a certificate program in of one sort or another in some of these areas that then can get you a pretty good entry-level position and uh, for companies, it's really all about talent. And mm-hmm. so they're looking for people that can do this kind of work. And the other thing you hear a lot about is do they have the right, um, I'll call it attitude, but the right perspective on work. So I'll be with a company and it'll, there'll be a, a technology group and they'll say, I can teach them some of the technology skills, but I really need people that are, you know, dedicated, hardworking, get along with people, committed, sort of Boy Scout values.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's so important because I've been, I've been doing some research on things like likability in the workplace and and although it's not necessarily you know tangible or measurable right. it is so critical and right. it keeps coming up in in research study after research right. study that it's not enough to be great at whatever it is your skill set is but this idea of being able to be collaborative to to get along with your coworkers right. to negotiate to right. be able to influence and and these are skills like you said that employers can't necessarily or won't necessarily teach you, but they're constantly looking for. So maybe you don't have the exact skill set, but you have Mm -hmm. those things. Play them up, right?
2: Right. And, and and the other thing I would say is uh, oftentimes you'll get people uh, who don't have a, a bachelor's degree and say, do I have to go back and get a bachelor's degree? And of course, that's great if you can. But there are, like I say, plenty of certificate programs in IT. There are also certificate programs in something called project management now mm-hmm. P- that, uh, that also uh, can be a whole career path. So there's a variety of these kind of um, areas that have uh, great opportunities to them. And and you can get trained in those and in, in, it's not as expensive and and in a a a shorter time span than it would be to get a a degree
1: hey if you're just tuning in and you're thinking about what career you want for 2017 you are lucky that we have dr richard marcus on the show who can help guide you so give us a call we're taking your calls all hour if it's thursday we're live at 844 wharton that's 844-942-7866 if you've always wanted to ask a question but not sure about being on the air trust me it's We'll make it easy for you and we'll get your we'll get your questions answered. You can also use Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. So okay, I want to talk about something you just brought up, Richard, because I know this is like a point of, of kind of contention for people. Okay, I don't have a four-year degree, but I have twenty years experience in X, and the company's not going to consider me. Um, and it's so interesting to me because working with MBA students constantly at here at Wharton, I get the, well, an MBA is not enough, you know, so you got an MBA, but you don't have direct experience. So it seems very schizophrenic in terms of what companies right. want. We want you to have the degree or we're not going to talk to you, but okay, now I have the degree, but you don't have the experience, so we don't want you. Um, and I, I know a lot of our listeners struggle at this. And if you are, give us a call. We want to hear from you at 844 Wharton, 844 six. Michelle is here taking your calls all hour. So what do you do? What do you do? Because I I think a lot of jobs, Richard, say four-year degree is kind of just a, that sounds like a good thing.
2: Well, I think one of the other things that's changed over the last several years is there are a lot more small and what I'll call middle market companies, Mm -hmm. not just necessarily big big companies and these smaller companies are more open more flexible to people you have when you go work there you wear a lot of different hats you do a lot of different things so if you can take stock of what your skill set is and when you do a resume or when you go on linkedin which is the kind of uh, one of the one of the ways to go to go online and, and and get yourself out there um you should be very specific about what not only your skills are but what your accomplishments have been if you can think of it in terms of accomplishments that can be a uh, a real value add in any uh, job search mm-hmm. and when you're talking uh, to them. And then, of course, it's a lot of networking because a lot of these jobs are hidden. You don't see them necessarily out there posted, but through getting to know people, you'll be introduced to a company that might, might quote, get you and give you a shot at something that you had um, some experience with, but not maybe full-blown credentials.
1: You bring up a great point that I want to touch on because I think this is so important for listeners, and it kind of blew my mind when I heard this, this stat. So you're you're talking about some of the smaller companies and we know everybody knows the big names google amazon uber i mean these are these are household names so when people think oh i want to work at a great company these are the names that come up but there's some statistic out there that something like 99% of companies in the U.S. have fewer than 500 employees. So if you're mm-hmm. thinking about it, you're the, the Googles, the Amazon, that's so the 1%. Right. So there are all of these companies, 99% are, are these, these smaller, probably more malleable, more open um, companies out there that are great to work for, would give you great experiences. But here's the question I always get, Richard. Well, how do I find them? How do I find them? Right.
2: Well, unfortunately, it's hard work, and um, that there's no easy way, it's not an efficient. to do. So you do have to just get out there, network, meet people in in whatever the sort of whatever community and whatever the business organizations are, whatever the networking organizations, the chambers of commerce is, etc. And if you meet enough people, you'll find some people that you connect with that can lead you in one of those directions. That's one way. And then of course you should stay on top of all the um, the job boards, all the job posting boards also because you'll see things bubble up there. But but very often it'll come through uh, serendipitously through a, a relationship.
1: Yeah. So we had talked about you know using this four year degree as sort of a you know check the box, and, mm-hmm. and I think there's there's Google at one point got seventy thousand resumes in one week. That's not average, but for right. whatever reason that mm-hmm. week was that was mm-hmm. seventy thousand resumes. So of course you need something like a four year degree, right. or you know you can't go through seventy thousand right. resumes. So when you look at these smaller companies again networking into them because a lot of them aren't advertising Advertising's expensive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very expensive they're definitely not using headhunters who are going to take 30 percent of you know these are these are smaller companies so another way I, I think you've mentioned a lot of good ways and there is it does take work but i mean you can you can dig into every city has a um, biz journal mm-hmm. every city so a major city so there's new york philadelphia you know Minneapolis, St. Paul, they're all over. And I think that's one of the best ways. Subscribe in your city or the city you're looking to go to because they're constantly talking about the, the local companies that um, are doing great things are doing exciting things are hiring. And so that hands down to me, I don't know what the subscriptions are, but I mean, maybe it's... $100, 150 for the year. That to me, hands down, is one of the best ways to find these smaller companies. Or look at the Inc. list 5,000. So these are like the 5,000 growing companies that it's published every year. Um, you can also, networking is hands down one of the best ways. Here's one of the few times I'll advocate for online job boards. I think, I think, one of the things like Indeed, which is an aggregate board, is it goes out there and basically pulls anything that remotely resembles a job and puts it on there, which is one of the reasons it's so unreliable for a job search. But it actually can be very helpful to find some of these smaller companies mm-hmm. because these names come up and you're like, oh, I never heard of that. And it's really tempting to just skip through it. But, hey, why not dig into it? a little bit and see if it's one of those 99% that you haven't considered.
2: The other thing uh, to think about, it, it's really kind of about attitude. When you're in a job search mode, it can be hard. It can be discouraging. You can have to deal with rejection some. Uh, and to keep in mind that the people on the other side are looking for what I'll call, like I say, talent. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, you're looking for a job. These people are sort of banging their head against the walls mm-hmm. trying to find good people. Trying to find. That was me banging
1: my head against the
2: wall. Trying to find good people, and so if you can (laughs) keep that in mind, and then really. take stock of what you have to offer, it can be a sort of comforting thought. And then uh, I said this last time I was here, but persistence wins, that you just, um, if you don't give up. And the the other thing that's uh, very useful, another thing I would uh, suggest is uh, curiosity is great. So Mm -hmm. people that just like meeting people, like hearing people's stories, like getting to know people, do very well in job search mode. And so if you can kind of maintain those two principles where you're just naturally interested in finding out about places... people, and and also you are, are resilient and, and persistent in your job search, good things will happen. It just may take a little while.
1: And I'm a very big advocate, Richard, of everybody we meet has something to teach us. Everybody. Yes. And if you're curious, and if you're interested, and if you pay attention... It doesn't matter if they're not in your industry. It doesn't matter if they're at a, a lower you know, level than you in terms of job experience. It it doesn't matter. If you listen, everybody has a network. Everybody is tuning into different things every day. And there's so much information out there that no one person can possibly know everything. So if you pay attention and don't pre-qualify people and say, well, that person probably doesn't know anything about my industry or this company or whatever, you're going to get so much great feedback by yeah. just like being curious
2: the, the other thing i would talk about is the concept of having a champion so when you have somebody that believes in you you can do great things and so you're out and about and you meet people and somebody becomes an advocate for you that can be very helpful you can never predict who that'll be, why they'll do it. Sometimes it's just personal taste, but just be grateful when it happens. But if you can identify one of those or two of those people that can really, that believes in you, sort of gets you, understands what you can do, and then will advocate to, for you, that can be tremendously helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. If you're just tuning in, if you've been struggling with the degree versus you know companies who won't hire you without the experience, but they won't hire you without the degree, we want to hear from you. Or if you've just struggled with any kind of hiring process that you deem is unfair maybe you've been ghosted by the company you had a great interview and then they never called you back i mean there's so many of these things are happening and it sucks like you said richard the the job search is frustrating and fraught with rejection anyway but then you have to deal with some of these challenges that just make it all the more harder renee new jersey welcome to career talk how can we help you today Yes, hi. I got a question. Um, earlier you talked about how to like
0: companies are looking for you know, uh, people that what they seem they want as team players who could fit in. And how do you demonstrate that? I mean, it's how do you put that on a resume, first of all? It seems like the only way you can really get that across is in an interview. So
1: what would you suggest as ways to have that
0: come through on your resume or I guess on LinkedIn too.
1: So yeah, and and um, I love this question, Renee, because it's not just team player. It's maybe that you're super creative, or maybe that you have um, great analytical skills, or these other kind of intangibles. It's like uh, you know that companies are looking for that you're you're you've got a high likability factor. You're good at influencing. It's like, well, yeah, you can say that in your summary. I'm you know I'm a great influencer and very creative, but like who's going to buy that? So great question, and um, I I I know we have some good answers. Go ahead, Richard. I I know you're like so a <laughs> you simple want to dive in. <laughs> a
2: simple concept that I keep in mind and 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 for the side when I'm actually helping with hiring people is the best predictor of future performance is past performance so what that basically means if people have done something well in the past it means they have a good chance that they could do it well well in the in the future. So the way that translates, uh, in terms of how you convey that is, is getting specific about the things that you've done that would demonstrate collaboration. It, so the, the obvious things, uh, if, if you played sports and you were active in sports and you were on a team, that that may, may or may not be something you can list on a resume, but it sure would be something you could talk about. And so a variety of things that you've done that may be, that would demonstrate some organization you work with, some organization you led with, some some organization, say a nonprofit that you contributed something with and worked on it with a group. That's a way from a creativity standpoint. If you've done some things at work that demonstrated creativity, you can talk about those, which then would demonstrate your creativity.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I completely agree. It's all about showing, not telling. This is like going back to my creative writing class in junior year of high school. Um, I remember this advice. It's it's. it's the thing that, that really resonates with people, as Richard was saying, is showing. So to say I'm a team player or creative, you know, no one's gonna buy that. But to say that, you know, I, I pitched in at the eleventh hour, you know, and pulled it an all nighter to help get the client project done on time, I mean, those types of examples that you have in your in your career or like Richard said, if you've been on teams or you're on boards or other things where decisions had to be made collaboratively and you're using those examples, that's what people people really believe. So if you think about almost charades and you know you had to like to demonstrate to people how you're a team player, look at everything in your life that would demonstrate that that says that. And one of the great things you can do, Renee, is just ask your your network, your friends, your family, mm-hmm. say, you know, what are those things that I do that, that really scream team player. Richard?
2: So when you if you get as far as you get to have an interview, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things you can do is sort of have some stories. Be prepared with stories that sort of convey what Dawn's describing. And you have to be careful not to be too long-winded. So you want to be sh- uh, short and concise. But if you can tell a story, people like that. It's easy. It flows naturally. And it can demonstrate some of these competencies.
1: Is that helpful, right, Brene? Thank you thank so you. thank you so much for giving us a call on career talk and bringing up a very important question. We really appreciate it. Hey, if you've got a question, we'd love to hear from you. We're taking your calls all hour at 844 Wharton. That's 844 942 7866. If you've always wanted to ask but you're so tempted to email me on LinkedIn or reach out another way, give us a call because I have a hunch that your question is one that will help many other listeners. So why not talk about it on the air? Eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with Dr. Richard Marcus talking about some of those hard and unfair job search situations. So, so we're talking about degrees and and you know all of those things. Like, do we need them? Do we not? We're talking about how to convey that you're a team player, or creative, or innovative without actually just using the words which aren't terribly believable um, if you just have a resume. So here's a situation that a, a client recently reached out to me about, Richard, which is uh, somebody left the organization and they were asked to take on some extra responsibilities. Now, this happens all the time. And, you know, presumably it's going to be temporary, but, you know, it happens that it's not temporary and they don't get a raise. They don't get a you know, promotion or anything like that. But all of a sudden they have all this work and, and you know, time goes on and everybody forgets about it. I mean, I, I, mean, I feel for this person, this client, because I've had this happen to me. What What do you do in that situation?
2: Well, my answer to those sort of things is it always, it depends. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, but the, so it really depends what the circumstances are. Certainly in the short term you you know you sort of suck it up and you do the job and you do the work and uh and and you sort of maybe swallow your pride a little bit uh but over the long term if they continue to do that and it continues uh, to be a very difficult situation uh, then you may want to uh, think about it, is this the right place for you and again uh in a in a in an era where it's hard to find good people because everybody is pretty busy working these days um that can be a problem so so there should be other good places you you could go in the short term however i would say do the job uh and 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 if you have a boss or have somebody there that is um sensitive and can appreciative and, and sort of employee oriented certainly i would uh, uh bring it up and uh, and uh point it out and 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 see what happens
1: we're going to We're going to go to Marigi in California. Marigi, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today?
3: Hi. Yes, I have been in the same situation. You know, I have a bachelor's degree. It just so happens to be in a different degree uh, than what I'm in. Uh, Construction is my my major passion and field, but my degree is in psychology. You know, oftentimes I will be in a labor position, um, and we're going through the process of building a highway, bridge, residential home, and uh, somewhere down the line, a conversation will come up where I have a degree. Oh, I'm working on a master's. What are you doing in labor? Well, I love it. I love it so much. You know, do you have any executive level positions? Well, do you have a degree in instruction management or civil engineering? Interesting. Oh, I have one in psychology. Oh, that's too bad.
1: Well, Richard and I are a little bit biased because we think psychology <laughs> is the best degree, but, <laughs> but we are biased. <laughs> but... Um, so it's interesting to me because, again, I'm going to kind of take this and broaden it a little bit, but it's, it's like you get these, these companies who are like, oh, it doesn't matter as long as you have a bachelor's degree. We don't care if it's in basket weaving or, you know, or whatever it's in. But now you're in a situation, Margie, where you're, you're struggling because they're saying your degree isn't in what we want. Now, how long you've been working, Margie?
3: Oh, I've been in the construction industry I'd say over a decade, about 10 years now.
1: Okay, so if you did have a degree in construction, it would be over a decade old at this point, right? Yes, Presumably. Yes, yeah. So, so then the question would be, well, what have you done lately? So, I'm curious because I'm I'm starting to scratch my head and just think, is there is this an easy excuse for them? Is there something else that you know, they're just kind of using this as the out? Do you think
3: it's possible? It's really possible. Um, in my experience, they've requested, you know, why don't you go back to school uh, to, to, to try and get an associate or uh, another situation will, will occur where uh, relatives or individuals that have a hierarchy worked with the company for uh, a longer period of time have.
2: The better option or the better option. These are, this is a family-owned if it's a family-owned business and so one of their relatives uh, can get get the better job correct
1: i mean yeah that's and and this is good and bad the, the fact is i always say this that it's not the most qualified person that gets a job it's the ceo's nephew now um that's that sucks if you're not the ceo's nephew it's awesome if you are so i mean i think what what you just brought up is a really great point. If you're in a situation or a company that is going to, I mean, nepotism is everywhere. It's, it's, happens and for those it benefits that's a great thing Um, but it's not all that different from networking we're saying it's who you know and if this company that you're in Ruggie is going to say that well you know you don't have this you don't have that but we're going to promote people who um, have our same last name or in our bloodline I mean I think the writing's on the wall with that one that maybe you need to be looking outside Mm -hmm. of that company because the culture is one in which no matter how many degrees you have it sounds like you're going to have a Mm -hmm. hard time winning in
2: yeah, and, and I would, the other thing I would suggest, and it may not be possible, is the more that you can do any, what I'll call special projects, or stretch assignments, anything that you could demonstrate if, if you say, you want, I want to get into more of a management position, and then I'm not allowed to because I don't have that credential, but you can demonstrate those skills in a finite amount of time that uh, that can also uh, work to your favor. If, like Don said, though, you do that, and they just have hard and fast rules that without a, a certain credential, um, you're not going to get to the next level. I would be looking other places because there's plenty of very good places that that's not the case, and, and, and over over the long term that's probably going to hurt them more than help them because they're going to lose good people.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think if this one might be a culture a culture issue of the company um, so you sound I'm the- 30 seconds I've spoken with you, Marie, you sound like a very determined and dedicated guy. And I think here's where your psychology degree is going to come in and say, you know what, maybe the situation is one where I'm not going to bang my head against the wall. And I'm going to find one where people appreciate what I bring to the table. Because I have a feeling that if you, you know, unless they've said, if you go back to, to school and we're going to have a contract with you that, you know, when you get finished, we're going to give you this promotion and this job and this, which it doesn't sound like they're saying, I, I don't know that that's Really, the reason behind what's going on here, but thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk Marie. We are here to answer your questions all hour. If it's Thursday, we are live at 844 Wharton. That's 844 942 You can also tweet your questions at Dr. Don Graham, but we're going to go to our pre break quiz. quiz. All right, let's, let, There's a <laughs> listen up, Dion. This one's for you. We're going for for we've hit the trifecta. So, okay, recent job data showed that having this makes you fifteen times more likely to be hired. Having this makes you. Fifteen times more likely to be hired. Now you're going to want to stay tuned for the answer because fifteen times more hired, more likelihood of being hired is is pretty significant. Hey, if you think you know, you can give us a call at eight four four Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. nine four two seven eight six six. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel one eleven, powered by the Wharton School, and we will be right back.
0: You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand.
1: And welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM Channel One Eleven, and we are live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. Take your calls all hour eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Dr. Richard Marcus. And you have two licensed psychologists at your disposal all hour long to answer all of your career questions. So we're going to dive right in in the second half hour and go to Andy in Florida. Andy, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today?
3: Well, thank you. Um, I've been the CTO for a couple of companies, and uh, the latest company was recently sold. And um, I find myself in a different position. I'm right now doing project management. And... um, I've been looking into mo- getting back again into the technology, the chief technology officer position, but I don't know how to get there. Um, I find it that uh, nobody advertised really uh, those kind of positions in um, job posts. And uh, I don't know. Yes. I'd like to take some uh, ideas from you.
1: So chief technology officer. And you're having a hard time finding those jobs online. It's an interesting thing you bring up because I'm gonna, you kind of delved into my, my stat file in my brain. Um, So, one of the things we know about, jobs at different levels is that the the online experience is probably for everyone not the best place to start it's obviously networking but for people who are at jobs that pay $60,000 or less online actually does have some some greater benefits but when you're talking about c-suite level jobs and you're talking about kind of really senior level jobs these are not typically found out there online these are the jobs that tend to be filled through networking in some cases Through headhunters. And I mean, think about it this way, Andy, like if if a company was going to fire their CFO and they knew this and they're kind of doing a discreet search for for a replacement, they're definitely not putting that on Monster.com. So they tend to be a little bit more discreet about these types of situations, especially when you're reporting to. You know the CEO or one of the higher ups because this is a team that needs to work collaboratively. They need to understand how to negotiate and influence with one another, and they are going to judge fit very, very strongly over skills. So, so that's one of the reasons I think you're not seeing it online. So, to answer your your true question, which is, well, how do I find these jobs? I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to Richard.
2: Right. <laughs> so, Andy, um, what, what area do you live in? Did you say you're in Florida? Is that yes? And and in one of the met- metropolitan areas down there?
3: A uh, small one, yes.
2: Okay. So there must be, uh, as in most of the big cities now, there must be lots of – there's some innovation centers, some incubators, some things some, where they're doing some technology startups, those kinds of activities. Are, do you, are you involved or see much of that down there?
3: Uh, not in this uh, area specifically, but uh, I'm not that far away from one of those. So okay. So, yeah, I think so- I can find –
2: so I think I think the idea to uh, go in and look for a CTO type of job just out there is going to be, as Dawn said, a kind of traditional job search where you're probably focusing on uh, search firms, headhunters, etc. But the other way to do it, which which may not be uh, you know quite as easy, is to start. Like I say, networking with some of the associations in the area that focus on startups and innovation, and and they, they they're in all parts of the country, just getting more and more active, and and seeing what you find there, because some of those programs you might find that you could add great value, and that could be either uh, companies where they're doing work that you know about because they're a technology company, or they're a, a company that that has a need for your service. But but the my basic message is. It's just a lot of legwork in identifying what the, um, the kind of ripe organizations are and, and making those connections. The, the one other thing I would add is, is, um, is and I'm sure you're probably doing this, is, is reaching out to the network of people that you've worked with in the past that know your work, that have confidence in your work, and, 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 and meeting with them and getting together with them, not to see if they have a job, but just to see if they know somebody else that, you, that would be good for you to meet.
1: Mm-hmm. And are you open to relocating Andy? Just curious. Uh, sure
3: uh, that's, uh, that's always an option in technology.
1: Yeah so um, and, and so that's something that that other people may or may not know about you. So I mean, I think that's something when you're networking, you have to be open about because people, again, they assume based on their own situation. So if they are have no intention of moving, they're just going to assume everybody they meet has no intention of moving. So I think it's going to be important to put that out there because it's going to significantly broaden your opportunities and to do something we talked about earlier in the show, which is the focus on those 99% of companies, those companies that that tend not to be household names, those companies that are are looking for awesome talent and are a little bit harder to get to, but would would completely appreciate a person with your skill set to go into. So it does take a little bit of groundwork to do, but I think that's going to be where you're going to find it. Andy, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We love when you give us a call with how things turned out, so don't forget to do that, 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, we're taking your calls all hour, and we're going to go to Janet in Missouri. Janet, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today?
4: Hi. I'm calling about my daughter who just um, graduated with a biology degree, And, you know, any advice on where to look for a job, that sort of thing? But something that you mentioned earlier about adding additional certifications or certificates make you more um, employable. And I wonder, you know, what are the high-demand areas that, you know, might marry up with that? Or, you know, she's also considering going ahead and going to grad school, before right getting a job and if there's a you know a suggested
1: way yeah to do so that. what do i do with a biology degree and we can basically insert anything in there what can i do with a biology chemistry um you know psychology english and and here's the thing i would say that and richard i'm really curious about your opinion what i see in the marketplace for new graduates is that companies are are very interested in what concrete experience they have over what their degree is. So have you done an internship? Have you had summer pr- Work or have you worked part- time at the school in a, in a position, or have you have you been involved in things that have given you world, real world experience? So regardless of whether your degree is in, is in science or math or English, um, companies want to know that you know how to interact with people, you know how to um, be responsible, you know how to organize your day, and that's kind of what they're looking at when you're when you're talking about right out of school. Um, is your daughter looking for a job in biology? She is, um, and and she's had um, restaurant management experience five five
4: years as an assistant manager. Great,
1: great, and that so that's going to you know, be huge. In
4: that, it's just trying to find what's the best way to, you know, launch
1: this job search, or is she better just going ahead and getting her grad degree? I'm gonna so- yeah, I'm gonna say no on that because um, grad degrees great. I I did it. A lot of people do it, um, but. I don't think that's going to solve the the challenge she's having with the job search. Go ahead, Richard. Yeah,
2: so I would would want to be clearer on does she want a a job in biology that's a hardcore science job where she's doing research or she's in a lab or – Uh, Or is it more a job where she wants to work in a space that's uh, where she's with a a company that has a product that is biology related, but she's interested in sales or marketing or operations? So, so you would want to clarify those things. The other thing, and it sounds like she has had a fair amount of experience, so I don't know if this would be applicable. But one of the things with smaller companies you can do is if they have an internship program, uh, that might be attractive. And sometimes, while this is very hard to do, but it is a way to get your foot in the door. There are times if you find a company that. That you're just dying to be at, but they're not ready to hire you to, be, uh, to, to say, I would be willing to volunteer and be a volunteer intern for three months uh, and, and to show you what I could do. I have seen people that do that, and that's how they get their foot in the door. It's hard, and it may not be financially feasible, but that's something to consider.
1: Yeah, I agree. It sounds like she's got great experience working with people. It sounds like she understands kind of how business works a little bit. So whether she gets into a company doing biology or she gets into a company doing, um, you know, administrative assistant work for a biology or or scientific company, I think that's going to be a great way to start because this way she can determine if she really wants to stay in this field. And then if she does, great, go get your graduate degree. But hey, it's not unusual for students getting out of college to say i don't know what i was thinking i'm really more interested in business or astrology or whatever so (laughs) thank you for giving us a call janet great question i know a lot of people have it so we're going to go to floor in california floor welcome to career talk how can we help you today hi hi um so i have a question regarding my resume that um i've been working at this position for eight years the same um yeah same position for eight years well And um, I feel like it might be like a red flag on my resume. How would I go explaining that in case it comes up? I love this question, floor because like, like, you know, decade or two ago, it it would have been like this question wouldn't even have come up. But it just plays to where we are in the market and the economy. So the average right now is about 4.2 years that people stay at a job. And for millennials, it's even less. So this question is so applicable because they're going to be like, okay, why the heck have you stayed with this company for eight years? Which is which is crazy. Right. So um Richard what is what is your
2: so wait so you've been take. with the company for eight years and you're afraid that having stayed that long might be viewed as uh, not attractive not a good thing
4: well being at the same position for eight years Oh
2: in the same um, position at the company
1: yes, that's correct and I've actually worked with um, the manager and the partner to to try to move up and every year was just the same thing over and over and it just never happened. So for the reason why I'm out looking for another place now.
2: <laughs> okay. So so I think I I would not be so concerned about that. I would I think that's probably something you can feel sensitive about because it's you. But I don't know that other people necessarily would um, Look at that. Unless it depends on the kind of job that you're looking for, particularly. But if you're looking to do a job where the skill set is similar to what you've done, I would. I really wouldn't worry about that. And the, what I would say in in the interview, if if that question comes up, is say, "Look, they like what I did, but but there weren't a lot of opportunities um, to move up. And and frankly, um, as a result of that, that's part of the reason why I'm I'm I've uh, decided to start looking around."
1: Yeah, I think it's a great um, the the answer of you know this is why I'm looking is perfect. But I, I'm going to. Say- I'm putting my recruiter hat on. I'm going to say, Richard, I would look at that. I would say that would be one of my first questions because as a recruiter, it's it's all about red flags for me. It's all about there's, everybody's got them. Everybody's got something. So I'm going to look and um, that floor might be the one that I hone in on. So I think to, to Richard's point, you do need to have an answer for that because I would ask you. Um, one of the things I would wonder is because you've talked to the partner and the CEO about getting more... Um, projects and things like that, can you show progression? So can you show in those eight years that you've taken on more responsibility? Maybe you've trained other people. Maybe you've been given bigger budgets or things of that nature. Because if you can do that, then I think two things. One, you want your resume to really clearly show that even if your title hasn't changed. And then secondly, you want to make sure you're pointing out those examples when you're interviewing because just because you have the same title, a lot of small companies don't have a lot of you know, ways to move up and around. But just because you have the same title it doesn't mean you've done the same things.
2: Yeah, and and, and I would add what I said earlier. uh, Stories are good. So exactly what Dawn said. I would have stories available of what I've done in this job. What are some of the accomplishments I've had? And I'd be very prepared for those. And if those are compelling stories and the accomplishments speak for themselves... Uh, that will go a long way to you selling yourself.
1: Yeah, and I, like I said, I think Florida's a valid concern. I don't think you're the only one that has it, and it's just crazy how the economy has changed, so that's now a concern, but I do think, um, as somebody who's been with a company, there's no doubt to me that you've taken on a lot, you've trained a lot of other people, and um, if you really, really dug deeply into those eight years, uh, there is a clear progression, and now it's just about putting that on your resume and making sure people see that in the interview. Hey, thank you for giving us a call. We're at four. 845- Wharton, I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham or get great blogs and advice weekly, com. And we are here with Dr. Richard Marcus. We're going to go to Cody in California. Welcome to Career Talk, Cody.
4: Hi, thanks for taking my call.
1: Yeah. Um, let me give you a little background on me
4: and where I'm at right now. So I'm um, 23, and I'll be graduating with my undergrad in June. Um, Congrats. Thank you. I know, almost done. The light is getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have a bachelor's of Science in Computer Science. I am currently working part-time as a software engineer at a company that I interned for last summer. Um, they have made me an offer to go full-time when I graduate. The only issue is they are the only company which I was under the impression that's not normal. I thought these computer science jobs were vastly in demand when I got into the field. Um, They're the only company that has actually given me a chance. I think I've sent out maybe 80 or 90 resumes. 80 or 90? Yes. Yeah. And I've gotten maybe two emails back for behavioral interviews, and um, they send practice programming challenges to make sure you know your stuff. I've, I've done really well on all those. I've passed all the challenges. I've passed all the behavioral things. And I just never seemed to get that next interview. So I started to kind of figure out, you know, is this a well known problem now? And apparently, there's a lot of issues with entry level positions because you have people with one to two years of experience mm-hmm. applying for these same jobs that I'm yes. going for.
1: Okay. So this is so interesting to me, Cody, because I, again, I know you via phone. You've, you've, you sound very put together. You sound very mature. Like when you told me you're 23, I was like, really? Wow. So you have your stuff together. You need to get in front of people. So the fact that you've sent out 80 to 90 resumes, here's what happens with that. I mean, they're getting 200 resumes in day one of posting a job. So if you're 201, I'm not even going to look at you. Or you're getting chewed up and spit out by the applicant tracking system because your format's off or, or what have you or like I said somebody internals getting the job or maybe they're they're using some kind of crazy cutoff, like you said, two years of experience. But that is not the way for you to go because just hearing you on the radio, you are somebody who sounds like they're not only great in IT, but you can present yourself well. You can share ideas, collaborate, you sound very positive. And oh my God, somebody with computer skills who has that too bring it on, bring it on. You got to get in front of people. So um, tell us, tell us how you've been networking and how that's been working for you.
4: Yeah, so I've, I've really been putting together my LinkedIn profile. Um, I've been trying to get in touch with recruiters. I, I'm i completely green behind the ears when it comes to, I don't even know if it's appropriate to maybe message a technical recruiter from a company I'm interested in and, and ask, uh, what can I do to kind of make myself stand out? at this At this company because I've actually done that at one or two companies and I've gotten really negative results from the IT recruiters and I don't know if that's just bad luck on my part or if maybe I was approaching it incorrectly. Um, What I I know I need to start doing is I need to start going to these Bay Area conferences. There's so many of these conferences going on. The only Mm -hmm. issue is with being in school and working 30 hours a week. Time isn't really
1: a BS. Yeah, it's it's kind of juggling everything. So one thing I'm going to suggest – is it, you knew, I know you've probably been applying to full-time jobs and things of that nature, but it's, IT is so in demand. Um, and maybe you've done this, but I don't know if you've thought about contract work or you know the gig economy is now just booming. So I don't know if you thought about doing something in the gig economy where you can get that one to two years of experience, because it doesn't matter if it's at a full-time company or if it's doing contract work or, or a lot of part-time things. I mean, experience is experience is experience. And through those gigs, you're going to build your network. If you're great at a company, they're probably gonna offer you a job and want you to stay. So I'm thinking that obviously networking and getting to these conferences is going to be important. But I also wonder if you're expanding your search and not just looking at full time companies or not just looking at, you know, the big players and looking at potential. I think solo gig and a couple of these other sites, and again, I'm not advocating for online job search, but sometimes it's a good way to, to kind of see what it's out there, um, might be the way to go because you get the experience, you get your foot in the door. And I hate to say it, but a lot of companies are doing a try before you buy now because- You know, they don't they don't want to make a commitment too early just to find out it's not a good match. And I think people are a little bit hesitant to do that because you're like, well, it's not full time guaranteed. But quite frankly, it gives you the try before you buy as well. So I'm going to recommend that. But I'd love to hear back from you, Cody, on how it goes, because I just I just would be um, baffled if you don't have a bright future ahead of you. So thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. And we wish you all luck. Michael in New York, how can we help you today? Welcome to Career Talk.
0: Hey guys, thanks for taking the call. Um, just to give you a little bit of uh, background, I'm almost 40 years old, uh, turning 40 this year. Uh, graduated uh, a while back with an undergraduate degree in computer science. Got an MBA along the way. Uh, was a developer for 10 plus years. Turned into a designer. Turned to a product manager. Uh, stayed with uh, a job for 10 years in my one in terms of one of my first jobs. Uh, but over the last five years, I've actually worked for four different employers at six different roles. And, it, you know, that jump hopping around has been right. coming up in my interviews lately, and I'm sort of worried that it's signaling a red flag. So can you give me a little bit of advice in terms of how to approach this Uh, tricky situation.
1: Yeah, you're spot on. We always look for a red flag, and um, that's just what we do. I think a lot of people think recruiters are about selection, but here, hey, here's the insider information. We are about (laughs) elimination first. Before we select, we need to get rid of a lot, and so we're like, what are those red flags? So it's interesting, because somebody just called with the, the kind of opposite issue. So you've been four companies, four years, six jobs, and people are saying, what's the problem? Why can't you stick? Now, I guess my question to you, is it a problem? Has this been um, driven by you, initiated by you? you know, what's going on here? Is there, is there a red flag to uncover? Well,
0: three of the six roles that I've had were actually contract roles. So they're intended to be you know, a fixed amount of time. Uh, the other three roles that I left were unfortunately just not a good fit for both sides. So, and in terms of skills, I definitely have the skills, obviously, and the background. But uh, you know, I'm just a little bit worried about, you know, just that that history over the last five years.
2: So, so one way to handle that, and I would be curious again, Dawn, with you, your background as a um, uh, a search consultant, would be: is there a way to put that on your resume as contract roles, and then lifts the organization under that where? Essentially, you're almost like doing project work for a bunch of different companies, and that's what you've been doing for that period of time, as opposed to I've been at three different companies. I would I would lump those all together. The other question I would have, is, and I will tell people, if they haven't, uh, if they haven't been at a place for too long, if they've been at a place for under three, four, five, six months, sometimes I'll say that maybe it's not even uh, a good idea. There's no reason to put on your resume.
1: Yeah, I do think um, both of those things. Obviously, if it's contract job and there was a set period of time and it was a set project, then you know, no, no reason to be upset about that. That's the way it is. And like I said, the gig economy is growing, so that's becoming more and more the reality, and people are expecting that. I also agree too. A lot of people start a job and three, four, or five months in, they think shoot this is not what i thought it was and but i got to stick it because it's going to look terrible on my resume well here's the thing resumes are all about years now so it's 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 pretty simple to kind of leave things off and my my goal is not to be deceptive but the fact is it's a marketing document and when you get in the door you're still going to be asked that question you still have to have a legit answer and what i would say michael is that you know you, you kind of want to find a company that's a really good fit in your next job so that you can stay there a while because it's going to become harder and harder to explain so I think you should be picky in this one but I do think saying hey these are contract roles I've also had a couple of places that just you know weren't a good fit and have a super solid answer as to why this job this company right now is you know where you're going to build your
2: future and the other part is which I'm sure you can do is emphasize what your accomplishments are you should walk in you should have it on your resume but really you should have some of the things you've done that are just uh, as a, from a marketing perspective so persuasive that uh, they'll make people interested in, 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 in learning more about you.
1: Yeah, Michael, good luck to you. Thank you so much for giving us a call at Career Talk. Hey, if it's Thursday, we're taking our calls all hour at 844 Warden. and that's 844-942-7866. But I know everybody's wondering about the answer to the pre-break quiz, because why wouldn't you want to increase your likelihood of getting hired by 15 times? So, hey, recent job data showed that having this Makes you fifteen times more likely to be hired from the company by the company. Um, Dion, come on, come on with the streak.
2: You see now, now there's all this pressure. Pressure. (laughs) I've I've got two answers. I'm gonna go with my gut. The first answer, and I'm gonna say, if if you have transportation, if you
1: what's your second answer?
2: (laughs) (laughs) The second answer is if you have a cover letter.
1: No. Damn it. And no. I was, I was close. <laughs> no, well, you weren't the close. The is close. over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you weren't even close.
2: No. <laughs> I thought I was close. F- 15 is really high. <laughs>
1: 15 is super high. It is. It is. Uh, so, Michelle, Rick, Dion's looking for you to save him. Um, I'm going to try, how about previous experience in the field? Nope. Dang it. Mm. Nope. It's... We're off today. I We're know. really off. I know. Richard, Richard, it's all on your shoulders now.
2: I'm going to say I have no, I have <laughs> no idea. I, I want to hear the answer to this because I'm shocked.
1: All right. Well, so you won't be shocked. I think I think in part it might be my fault and how I read the question. So recent JobVit data showed that having this makes you 15 times more likely a referral into the company. A referral, wah, in- wah. Yeah. All right. All that's right. good. No, um, that makes that's sense. That's partial
2: credit. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what we've been talking about. A referral Absolutely. with
1: transportation and exactly. a good cover letter. <laughs> this has been my least favorite pre-break quiz. A re- okay, a re- that's fair. A referral who, who delivers your cover letter and drives you to the interview. Yeah. So, I mean, and this goes back to networking. Um, nearly 80% of recruiters noted referrals are the best way for them to find quality hires. I know we we kind of beat this to death, Richard, about networking and, and doing this, but it like our previous caller, it is the CEO's nephew who gets the job. And and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it is the person who gets referred in. Because if you were going to hire somebody, everybody out there is listening, put your, your CEO hat on. If you were going to hire somebody, the first thing you would think about is who are great people I've worked with in the past that I know are dependable, reliable, going to show up, going to be you know likable good to work with so this is why 15 times more likely
2: and so on that exact topic one of the great things about linkedin is it can do exactly that if you do research a company and see who you know that works there or you know somebody who knows someone who works there you may be able to reach out to that person learn about the company and then ask for a a warm introduction so that uh, that is one tool that is terrific (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, Richard, I don't know where the time went today, um, but it just flew by. So here we are at the end of the show. How can people reach you?
2: Uh, they can reach me. You can check out my website, Richard Marcus, www.richardmarcus.org. And that has all my contact information.
1: That is all. And if you're going to reach in, just my PSA for today, if you're going to reach out on LinkedIn, please reach out using a personalized email. Versus Great. the standard, <laughs> I'd like to add you to my LinkedIn. There's a stat on that too. It's something like 20 times more likely or more than that of people actually accepting. But we'd love to hear how you learned about us. So don't forget, reach out on LinkedIn, but use that personalized email to do it. Hey, you've been listening to Career Talk. I want to thank all of our callers today and all of our listeners and Dr. Richard Marcus. Thank you as always for your thank insight you. and advice. Michelle and Dion, the dream team. Dion, you're still my favorite. That was a hard pre-break quiz. (laughs) So if you want more great advice and insight, you can subscribe to my blog, dawnoncareers.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Dawn Graham. It's been great spending the last hour with you here on Career Talk. We are here live every Thursday on Sirius XM channel 111, and we will see you next time.